The best advice I can give really is to show up but be kind to yourself at the same time. And make sure that you're doing the things that you feel called to do. But if for some reason you don't, don't be mean to yourself. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show that celebrates spiritual diversity, one truth and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Welcome to episode two. This conversation that I'm sharing with you today was such an honor for me. As you can see by the episode title, I had the chance to speak to Vix Maxwell, the new age hipster. For me, Vix has been a guiding light in all of my time running thedivinerlife.com. She's really been a strong example and a motivator for me, as well as many others in the spiritual community, and I am uncontainably excited to be sharing this moment with you. In our conversation, we talked about all sorts of great things like running spiritual business, the term Christian witch, reading the Akashic Records, as well as what it means to be an ethical vegan. Vix describes herself as a priestess for present times, a modern mystic, and a spiritual teacher in Converse sneakers. She's devoted to helping others reconnect to their own light, inner guidance, and power so that they can live out their best and highest lives. Uh, She supports her growing worldwide community through one-on-one soul readings, workshops, the New Age Hipster podcast blog and YouTube channel, as well as online groups and social media ministry. Vix is an ex-high school and special ed teacher. She's a young adult indie author, and she enjoys drinking tea, exploring stone circles, eating vegan pizza, and watching 80s movies. I hope that you are as excited as I was to hear this conversation. And so now, in the spirit of truth and honesty, here's my conversation with Vix Maxwell, the New Age Hipster. So welcome to Let's Be Omnist. I really appreciate you being here. I am honestly so, so, so excited to have you. Um, before we start and dive into all the details, why don't you tell the listeners who you are, what you do, what's your thing? Okay. Um, well, hi, I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. Just as you were like, um, just as you were saying, hi, I'm like sitting here with like a big grin on my face. I'm like, this is so fun. (laughs) Um, for people who don't know me, I'm Bix and I run a business called New Age Hipster. I think I've been running my business for about five years now. And it's kind of evolved over the years. Um, I kind of started out being mostly a blogger and a tarot reader. And now I've kind of moved into um, running an online spiritual development circle. I run a mastermind for other people who are uh, either running spiritual businesses or kind of wanting to do that work and wanting some support with that. But I also do some, like, soul sessions once in a while. Um, Yeah, I guess that's me. I'm like, you know, I guess I I run a spiritual business. And um, as you know, there's just, like, so many different things that you do in that work. (laughs) Yes. I don't think that uh, when you dive into this industry, I don't think that people are prepared for the amount of work that it takes. yeah. Yeah. And I'm really surprised to hear you say, did you say five years? Yeah, I think, yeah, I started in 2014. Um, Can I just tell you that that makes my mind explode because I I feel like I started 
um, so I like claimed the diviner life as my business name in 2012, Mm -hmm. um, which is about seven years ago. But I feel like when I started, you were already, I'm going to say dominating the market, if you want to call it that. Like, I feel like your name was already pretty big and out there. Uh, were you doing like uh, readings and things like that before you kind of took over New Age Hipster as a spiritual business? Well, I did. I started, I didn't actually kind of start selling anything or start kind of like New Age Hipster started as a blog. Oh, so that's okay. why you've seen New Age Hipster around. I'm pretty sure I started the blog in 2013, but it was very much me just blogging about my own journey and I think I was posting like Instagram cards and things like that for a while but I didn't actually really start saying hey I'm here for readings like <laughs> work with me, I think until 2014. Okay well know that people were paying attention to you Absolutely. long before you uh... isn't it? like how other people perceive your business and how you know I'm just sitting here like we're just gonna write a blog post about angels I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> People are actually out there paying attention. It's amazing. That's so crazy. All right. So I want to ask you a lot of other questions about how that started and where it went. But before we do that, I want to play a fun game of Two Truths and a Lie. Have you played this game before? Um, Not recently, no. Okay. Uh, It's just because, you know, let's be honest, spirit of truth and honesty. I think it's a fun way to, like, get to know people. So I'm going to ask you to tell me two truths and one lie about yourself. And then I'm going to do my very best to guess which one is the lie. No promises. I'll get it right. Okay. I'm like, I'm so bad at lying. So, <laughs> you know like, really so funny is everyone that I have interviewed thus far has kind of been like, it took <laughs> forever to come up with a lie, which just means I'm picking good people to talk to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? It's like, I don't even know how to like make stuff up about myself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I used probably used to be really good at it like you know 10 years ago or something um okay so number one I got straight A's at school number two is I have three university degrees and number three is I was a professional cheerleader Ooh, so I wholeheartedly believe that you are an intelligent woman so I am going to I, okay wait not to say that cheerleaders are <laughs> Let me rewind. The first two are very clearly about like, you're good at school, you're an intelligent, educated person. So I'm going to say that the third one, the professional cheerleader is the lie. You are wrong. (gasps) Stop. (laughs) Yeah. I just, so many people are surprised when I'm like, yeah, I was a professional cheerleader back in the day. It's the (laughs) professional part that gets me. I could totally see you being a cheerleader and because I think that you're a cheerleader to people now. But I Oh, I like that. <laughs> so explain to me, uh, when were you a professional cheerleader? Uh, it was in the 90s, and um, it was in my last couple of years of high school, and it was my part-time job. So while, um, you know, other people were working their butts off in, um, you know, other jobs that people had during high school, um, one of the things I did was be a, che- be a cheerleader for this team called the Canberra Cosmos, um, and they were a they were a football team, but they were like soccer, um, oh. and the team wasn't very good, and we didn't get paid a lot, but... Maybe it's because they should have paid their cheerleaders more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So um, which one's the lie? The lie is that I got straight A's at school. I was terrible at school. 
I pretty much failed like right out of school. So not only is that a lie, but it's like an extreme lie. <laughs> it's an extreme lie. But then you went on to get several degrees anyway. I did. Yeah. I really didn't do well at school. I didn't enjoy school. I loved the social aspect of school and I loved um, I loved drama and music and all of the creative subjects, but I really struggled with the, you know, you got to do this test and you got to get the right answers and all of that kind of stuff was really um, just didn't align with my soul at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I managed to kind of uh, get into university and kind of go off on that path was because my first degree that I did um, was in music theatre. And so to get into that course, instead of having to have good grades, I just had to show up and do an audition. Right. So once I got into that first course and I finished my bachelor's degree, then I went on and did two master's degrees after that. And then if I understand correctly, you then became a teacher as well? I did, yes. I taught for quite a few years. Okay, all right. So it wasn't necessarily that you didn't like school, it was just testing, which makes sense. I think a lot of um, what I'll call sensitive people, intuitive people, um, I find that most of us have a similar story when it comes to school that we were like, I loved the creative aspect. I love being social. But for some reason, the like rules and confinement and the test taking is just not, you can't control an intuitive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I sort of had this, um, this really sort of idealistic view that I could go back as a teacher and like change it all. And mm. while I felt like I was bringing some of that change into the classes that I was teaching, I kind of got to the point where I felt like, you know, every time I tried to do something that was just a little bit not the norm, you know, I was constantly told, you can't do that, you can't do this. And in the end, it was just kind of difficult to stay there. Mm. Yeah. Well, how does one go from being a teacher to a full-time, well, I I guess you're still a teacher. How does one go from a public school teacher to a spiritual business and spiritual business mentor? Where did that journey start for you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird because when I, when I think about it now, like the, the sort of first answer I have to that question is like, I don't really know. It just kind of happened. But obviously a lot of things did happen to get me here. Um, But it wasn't really, you know, I wasn't like sitting in my, you know, my teaching job thinking I want to quit this job and I'm going to go and run a full-time spiritual business and that's it. Like it didn't really happen in that way. Um, I actually remember there was this one time where I was just feeling really, low at my teaching job and I just felt like um you know there's got to be something else for me than this mm-hmm. and I um kind of sat down with my you know with my journal if I can get a manifest a new job and at the time I thought that I was like manifesting a new teaching job mm-hmm. because I was looking at that time and um I kind of looked into this in various you know various times in my teaching career to teach, um, like to be a teacher, but not necessarily in a school. So I was looking at applying for jobs like um, being a teacher in a hospital and teaching kids who are in hospital for every reason and like sort of jobs like that. So I thought I was manifesting something like that. And I wrote down that I wanted a job close to home, that I wanted um, creative control. (laughs) 
okay. that I wanted to feel like I was making a difference. Because sometimes in teaching, like, everyone's like, oh, you're making a difference. But on the day-to-day grind, like, you do not feel like you're making a difference at all most of the time. So those were the three things I wrote down. And I, I very much felt like I'm calling in my new teaching job. And I found that I found that old journal um, like a couple of years ago when I'd gone full time doing this work, and I was like, "Whoa! Like that's exactly what I'm doing now. That's so crazy." Um, which is why I tell people like when you're manifesting, like be be specific, but don't be like too specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like write down what you want, but don't necessarily write it needs to be a teaching job. Although, like you said, this kind of is a teaching job as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that didn't answer your question because you asked how do I get from there to here. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the first thing that kind of kicked it all off for me was when I started working with energy protection. And the reason that I started doing that was because I was I was kind of just starting to understand that I was an empath and that a lot of the stuff that was really affecting me in my job was because I was so energetically sensitive to pretty much everything so I started researching what it meant to be an empath and how to start to kind of work with my energy and protect my energy and that was kind of the first like the first thing that happened once I started to um, protect myself better in that situation other cool things started to happen like I started to be able to hear the voice of my own intuition, the voice of my guides and angels, like I started to be able to hear all of that so much more clearly. And so Mm. then when I started to get these nudges, um, I remember they were nudging me for so long to start a spiritual blog and I was just like, oh, I don't have time, I can't be bothered. (laughs) That sounds really fun in theory, but like what am I even going to talk about? Who's going to want to read like my thoughts on the tarot? Like what? Um, I think they were hustling me for like six months, nearly a year. Like I had the the phrase new age hipster going round and round in my head like all the time. It wouldn't stop to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and start this blog and then maybe it will shut up and I can get on with my life. And little um, did you know it was just going to get louder. I know, right? Um, and that was kind of it. You know, I started protecting my energy, that internal voice or, you know, voice from your guidance, however that comes through for me, that started getting louder. And then I started taking action on the things that I felt called to do and, you know, I started, I started the blog and, um, you know, I would, I would sit there and be like, I don't know what to post. And I like, just post anything. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, you know, post something today. Okay. Like start an Instagram account. Okay. Um, and then, you know, why don't you do some readings for other people? Okay. And, you know, now it's, now we're here. Yeah. That's so funny because I think, um, one of the things that I tell people on a regular basis when they say, well, how, how, how I'm always like, just show up. And if I'm honest, I say that because I heard you say it a really long time ago. And I'm like, that is the best piece of advice that I ever got. And so now that's like the best piece of advice that I can give to people. And it sounds like you say that because it's what you did. You just showed up every time you got something new. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm sure you, you know, you talk to people in this situation all the time as well, but so many people say, um, you know, you do do a reading for someone and they come and they say, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know mm-hmm. what next steps I'm supposed to take. And you're like, well, what do you want to do? 
and then you kind of have a, a talk about that and then like you know <laughs> 10 minutes in you're like okay so you actually do know exactly what you want and exactly what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing but for some reason you're not doing it so let's have a look at why that is because very often we do know what we want and we do know what our next step is but we are pretty good at ignoring that I mean I ignored I ignored that voice for a long time and I'll be honest sometimes I still ignore it now um but I know that you know even when I'm ignoring it now it's like okay I'm gonna ignore that for a week and then I'm probably gonna have to listen to it I'm just gonna Um, write it down (laughs) on a list I'll get back to you oh yeah I'll keep that for later um but yeah I've I think the more that you actually pay attention to that voice and you say okay I'm gonna just take a leap of faith here and um, you know one thing I always ask myself is like what's the worst thing that can happen and I thought that was mm-hmm. a blog it's like well if I sit down and I start this blog and nothing happens with it well I've lost a couple of hours of my Sunday afternoon like that is literally the worst thing that's going to happen here it's really not that bad like if you have this voice that tells you to jump off a cliff or to hurt somebody or or whatever it's like okay that's not like that's not it that's not the voice to listen to Mm -hmm. but if the voice is telling you to do something that actually really no one's going to get hurt you're not going to get hurt and there's really nothing to lose by taking that action then why not take it and the more you take it the more you realize this actually works. <laughs> this actually, this is much better than trying to ignore that voice. And yeah. Yeah. So, it's a win-win situation because you stop getting nagged by your guides yeah. or spirit. And then, exactly. you know, you put something productive out in the world. And if one person sees it, great. If a thousand people yeah. see it, even better. Absolutely. But yeah, I, you know, I'm all about just, um, just showing up, like showing up to the altar every day and just saying like, what is my, you know, what am I supposed to do today? And then, you know, just, just getting on with it, just doing it. Mm. I could use more of that <laughs> in my day to day. So if we rewind maybe a little bit um, pre, you know, you listening to your guides, doing that manifest in your journal, where did your tarot, oracle, spiritual life really start? Ooh, um, I feel like I've always been spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I've never, I don't think I've ever at any point in my life thought that all this stuff wasn't real, even though I didn't have the language for it or the, you know, I didn't know what I believed in really, but I always believed that there was so much more to this experience than just, hey, we're just here, it's a random accident, <laughs> Um, I remember there was this moment when I was in primary school and I must have been pretty pretty young we had this um, like relief teacher like a substitute teacher that day and one of the kids asked the teacher like what happens when you die you know like you do when you're in primary school (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he said well that's it there's nothing and I remember like just being like horrified it was like what like the thought had never crossed my mind once in my entire life that there would be nothing (laughs) that was he responded that to a child he did yeah oh okay I know right like yeah other reasons that I felt like I needed to be a teacher for a little while um but yeah it was like it was shocking to me I was like 
what what and you know for a moment I was even like what if that's true but then you know there was always something inside of me that was like no there's more to this like there's more to mm-hmm. your experience here than just you know being in these meat suits and walking around for a while and then that's it <laughs> so <laughs> that was the best explanation of life I've ever heard <laughs> um but yeah, I just, you know, I always thought there was something more. And I remember like I used to talk to my granddad when I was like really little and he was still here, you know, in um in the 3D. And I remember him telling me like a ghost story once about how there was someone in our family. I wish I, I wish I could remember this story properly, but he was telling me about someone in the family who could see ghosts and like all these stories that how all these things that happened. And I just, you know, it never occurred to me not to believe that. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course that happens. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I just I sort of always accepted that there was a spiritual world. And then when I kind of got into high school, um how old are you? Is that if you don't mind me asking? You can ask. I will be twenty-seven. Uh, by time this episode airs, I will be twenty-seven. Okay, so you're a little, you're a little bit younger than me then. Um, but I remember like when the craft came out in the nineties. I think I was about fifteen when it came out, and me and my friends were like obsessed with it. We were just like, "This is incredible!" And so we um, we started studying witchcraft. We formed a coven. Like I got really into it. I was like full on Wicca for like a good couple of years. So that was really um, that was really interesting and really fun. But I also really felt like um, at that time I I had this feeling that like I was playing with something I didn't really understand. Yeah. And so there was sort of like this part of it that was like I wanted to do it, but I was a little bit scared to do it at the same time. So I did it for a while, and then I kind of um, stopped doing it so hardcore. But I still you know did some of the practices now and then. I still have my crystals and all of that kind of thing. And then a couple of years later, I got into the church. So I had a couple of years of being born again Christian. So my teen years were really interesting. <laughs> yeah. being like a week in coven to being a born again Christian, um, you know, all in the space of like what, four years or something. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of, you know, I've, I guess I've always been a spiritual seeker. I've always been looking for that connection and trying to, find um you know trying to find my spiritual connection in all of these different places and you know now I kind of come to this place where it's like well I can't find it in any one like one religion or one belief system so I just you know take what resonates and I leave the rest I love that that is so true to me and my story and so I hear you like to the fullest. Um, I was also actually in the church for a really long time. I was a praise and worship leader. Yeah, I was, like, I, was, I, I was listening to episode zero and I was like, I was a praise and worship leader. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> it's just that it's, it's that, honestly, I think it's the most mystical part of the church when you're in the church is yeah. being able to just sit in that presence of saying, all right, spirit, source, God, whatever you want to call it come on and hang out. And I think that that's really, you know, what pushes a lot of people into learning more. They always kind of, in the Christian church, I don't know if you heard similar things, um, praise and worship leaders or people in the praise and worship team are always kind of looked at with a very close eye because they kind of say like they're the first to go or they're the first to convert or seek other things. 
And I don't know, I don't know if you've heard that, but um, they always compare it back to, this is kind of dark, but they compare it back to Lucifer and like him being the choir leader in heaven before his fall. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys think that we're all devils. I got it. I hear it. It's fine. Music's the devil. I hear you. Um, So interesting. I haven't heard that, but I have to admit that when I think now about who was in the worship team, like there were a couple of us who all sort of like left around around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if um, personally I've always viewed it as like not to be holier than thou, but I just think that when you're in that space, you tend to get really close to your, to spirit and your higher self Mm -hmm. and you can internalize spirit a little bit more. And so that I feel like it just pulls you closer and closer to wanting to know more, you know? Yeah, I do. I feel like it definitely, um, you know, being in the, in the church definitely opens some stuff up for me that wasn't opening in the other places, which is interesting. And I think a lot of people who don't kind of have any experience, like, well, people who don't have a good experience in any way with the church, like, I think it's difficult sometimes to kind of explain that because, you know, and I know, I know people have had like some horrific experiences, but. Yes, um, I've heard those stories. Yeah, my experience wasn't, it wasn't really that bad. Like, there were some really great things about it. it ultimately wasn't the right place for me, but, you know, there were some, there were some powerful things that happened to me while I was there. And you've even written, I know that you kind of have this one controversial topic on your blog that gets brought up every now and then called like the path of the Christian witch. Yeah. What is some of like, I, I personally have never dove into the feedback that you get. I don't know if your comments are public or anything, but from what I understand on social media, you've mentioned that sometimes people really come at you for that. What is like their biggest criticism, if you don't mind me asking? I think like the biggest... I think the I think like the thing that's hard for people to to hear, like when you call yourself a Christian witch, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are witches because they've had bad experiences with Christianity or they've had a bad experience in the church, mm. or they're just sometimes I feel like even if it's not personal for some reason that they're like very tapped into that in the collective, or maybe it's ancestral or from past lives or you know, whatever. But there's something that just about the church and Christianity for them that is just like not in any way anything they want to talk about or be a part of. And I absolutely get that. Like I totally understand. Um, But I think some of the, um, like the negativity I've received from the, like the witchy community has also come from like a misunderstanding of what I mean when I use the term Christian witch. Um, Because for me, the word Christian has really nothing to do with the church. Right. Um, for me, my Christianity, I don't even really call it Christianity, but like that part of my um, belief system is really just about my connection with Jesus and the messages that he taught, like his teachings really. And it's just about me still wanting to connect with him and honoring the, you know, the good stuff that he had to say, because I feel like he did have some good stuff to say. Um, But, you know, I in no way align myself with the church and like all of the horrendous things that they have done over the years. Like my, um, you know, my connection with Jesus is like, let's time travel back in time to when he was here. And he was talking about that, like, and let's just, not that we can just ignore like the last 2000 years, but for me, those last 2000 years have 
like of the I'm like doing air quotes like the church <laughs> very little to do with um you know his actual teachings and what he really was about in my personal humble opinion anyway yeah, so, I, yeah. I agree with that I think um a lot of people and myself included in the what I'll call like new age metaphysical community um I hesitate to talk about you know, my still beliefs in Christianity or like the roots that I have there. And you explained it really well in that you don't say Christianity and mean the church. You say Christianity and mean Jesus or like your understanding of Christ, which makes sense. Um, So many people look at Buddhism, for example, for some reason popped in my head and they don't automatically assume that if you say you're Buddhist, that you follow all of the sometimes structured things of Buddhism. They just know that you believe in what Buddha taught. Or the Buddha taught. So I think that for me, that's kind of similar. My Christianity or my Christian side has become more of the philosophy of Christianity than it is the practice or the um, religion of. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like for me, it's all just, it's really just comes back to love. And yes. I feel like Jesus came here to teach us about love and try to help us to get back on track with that. And, you know, while I think that he did a good job with his teachings, sadly, humans kind of suck. <laughs> and we're like, hey, let's take this, you know, all this stuff that this guy was talking about and let's make it. I feel like people had really good intentions in the beginning. And I feel like there's still plenty of people in, in the church today who have like really pure, good, great intentions yes. about what they're doing with, you know, with their religion and everything. But, um, you know, we it, it, it's, it's a mess. Like Christianity is a mess. And yeah, like when people, you know, struggle to understand what I'm talking about when I say Christian witch, I think that I kind of want to say to people, like, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not somebody that goes to church now and like aligns myself with any of the the Christian religions. Um, Although sometimes, you know, I pop in and like, that's okay. But it's deeper than that. Even when I was in the church, you know, I always felt like, well, the church is cool, but the most important thing is just me and my relationship with Jesus. It's really surprising to me to hear, um, too, just last thing on this, because I don't want to drag on about um, Christian witchcraft. I'm sure that you're like, I get it. I've talked about it. I know. Um, I'm just really surprised to hear you say that the criticism came more from the witchcraft side than the Christian side of that divide. I just felt the need to say that I'm really surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I was really surprised too because I knew I knew I was going to get the hater comments from the Christians. I'm sure you've had them before. They seem yeah. like like cut and paste, like <laughs> like these cut and paste hate comments. Like there's, there's five right. Bible verses and they all get pasted. Yeah, like, Thou shalt not here. suffer a witch to live. I know, I got it. <laughs> yeah, and like those those don't bother me because I'm just like, okay, like you're wrapped up in something it's got nothing to do with me I'm just gonna like delete and move on with my life like those don't affect me in any way but when people who I feel like are my people like the people that I feel like are in my community and like we're on the same page when those people like you know have a problem with me saying I'm a a Christian witch I I just find it really it's it's interesting to me because it's like so many of us have come to new age spirituality witchcraft you know whatever we're, whatever version of that we're doing so many of us come to this place because we for one reason or another like we don't fit in with mainstream religion it doesn't resonate with us or 
Um, you know, some of us have tried it and we've been kicked out because we didn't like follow the rules or, um, you know, whatever was, whatever was going on. It's like, okay, so we're searching for our own version, our own way to connect. And to me, like everybody who's on this path, like nobody in the new age or spiritual path is doing exactly the same thing. Like we're all doing our own version of it. We're all doing something completely different. But yeah, I think that there is, I think there's just like massive healing that needs to be done with the whole Jesus thing. And I think that, you know, it's, um, I think it's, I think people are carrying a lot of pain and hurt around it. And, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those people are people who come onto this path because of the hurt that they had. And then when you see like Christian witch, like what that's like taking something that I believe in and that I think is great and this old thing that's caused me so much pain and putting it together and it's just you know it's just, it's triggering for people whereas I think that I don't know most of the, most of the Christians that have had a problem with it are just like oh you're going to go to hell I just thought I'd let you know because you know I wanted to save you <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> All right, mate. Like, thanks. I'll let Jesus know you stopped by. Yeah, it's like I, I, I can see that it's you know it's kind of like coming from a place of like I want to help you, but it's just like what. Um, but then you know the conversations that you have with people who are in the New Age community, it feels like it's very real and it's very raw and it's very kind of you know it's right it's right there for people, and I think yeah. that's the thing that's been really hard. But I also feel like part of my path and like almost part of my work is to like bring back the love um and it's part of the reason that I created the spiritual journey pit stop group on Facebook because I was finding that like in a lot of the kind of witchy groups I felt like in those places I can't mention anything about the Christ consciousness here. <laughs> like that's right. not going to be necessarily received very well here. Um, but then, you know, there's other groups that are sort of more Christian leaning. It's like I'm not going to be able to bring my spells and my like witchy stuff to this place. So I created this Facebook group that was just like, you can come here no matter like what your religion is, what your spiritual path is, as long as you are like respectful and you're nice like you can talk about anything aliens jesus um being a catholic what you know whatever your path you're on like you can come and talk about that so yeah i felt really cool to do that because it's just you know we talk a lot about um how we don't feel a lot of the time we say you know as witches we don't feel safe in Christian circles but you know I've also seen it from the other side where if you talk about Christianity in some of those witchy circles it's also not a very safe place to be so I'm like let's make it safe for everyone (laughs) yes welcome to exactly that's the whole reason that I'm doing the show and I love that your views and your like want aligns so well with that like why can't we all just I know it sounds corny but like why can't we all just get along and support each other and it's just it's way easier than you think you just have to let people be who they are amen amen to that (laughs) um but I just I just also wanted to say because I I you know I don't want to be like misunderstood I just also want to say like for people who do have like trauma or healing that needs to be done because of their time in the church I'm not in any way suggesting like you have to read my posts on Christian witchcraft or you have to come and talk about Christianity like if you are you don't want to do that or you're not ready to do that or you're never going to want to do that then I think that's absolutely okay as well and I totally respect that if you know you don't want to have those conversations I love that 
I, yeah, I didn't, I certainly didn't feel that. And I don't think that you <laughs> ever present yourself that way. Um, you always, in everything you do, present yourself in a very, I'm here for whatever you have to bring to the table. Like I'm coming to the table, you're coming to the table. Let's just see what we both bring. And that's yeah. kind of what I get from you. So you mentioned your Facebook group, but I also know that you have a group called The Circle. Would you mind telling me like what that's all about? Because I see it all the time and I hear amazing reviews and I think um, that you have a really interesting thing happening there. Yeah, it's basically a spiritual development circle, but it's run online. And part of the reason I created that was because most of the reason that I've done any of the things that I've done is like, I want this. <laughs> like, I want this safe Facebook group to talk about anything. Um, and I want this, like, spiritual development group where I can, you know, kind of work on a different topic um, every month. And that's what we do in that group. We have a different topic each month. And we kind of just, um, well, there's, like, an optional Facebook group. So there's, like, so many people at the moment that don't want to be on social media. And I, I like... I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. If I didn't run a business and I didn't have to be on social media, mm-hmm. I probably still would be, but <laughs> not maybe not, not as quite much. As much. Um, so, yeah, like every month um, I pop into your inbox on the first of the month with a new topic and you receive a meditation, which I call them like meditative journeys because they're those sort of meditations where I take you somewhere. Like we go to a temple or we go to like, you know, some place and connect with um we connect with lots of energies and we do clearing and healing and activation and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, there's also a PDF workbook and that's full of like journal prompts and um, activities. And there's like a tarot spread in there as well. Uh, there's a video lesson that I make that I try to make them short, but they end up, they usually end up being like an hour of me just rambling on all my thoughts on, on the topic. Um, and then there's the Facebook group, which is optional if, um, you know, if people want to come and have that support. So people can get the content and work um, on their own or they can get the content and kind of, you know, share their experiences over on the Facebook group as well. That's so cool. I um, didn't realize that there was so much content. I mean, I, I assumed that there was content. Don't get me wrong. But I I wasn't aware that there's just... You put a lot of work into that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's quite a lot. But, um, you know, I, like I say to people in the group, is, and I do this when I sign up for things as well, it's like use the parts that you want to use. Like if you just want to do the meditation and like chat with some people in the group, like just do that. If you... Um, you know, you just want to watch the video lesson, have it on in the background while you're doing something else. Like, you know, we're because we're also like, there's so much content out there <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. So it's like, use what you want to, you know, use what you want to use. And, um, you know, some of the things that I sign up for, I'm just like, I'm just there for the meditations. And I'll do the meditation a couple of times and do some journaling on it. And then I'm like, yep, I've got my money's worth. I'm good. Um, so yeah, it is a lot of content, which is great for people who love content, but you know, mm-hmm. for people who are like, this is too much content, like you don't have to do it all. Yeah. Just do a little bit. Yeah. Um, what is some of your favorite, uh, I guess you could say like topics to talk about or content to produce what, um, like really lights you up or what would you say is like your thing? Ooh. Well, for a long time, like tarot was my thing and I still feel like tarot is very much a big part of my 
work that I do, but I feel like, um, you know, more and more I'm talking about tarot a bit less and I'm talking about other things like um, past life work and the Akashic records. Like those mm. are the things that I, like I, I really kind of feel at home when I'm doing that work, whether it's for clients or for myself or teaching other people how to like, you know, get that information for themselves. Like that really, um, that really lights me up as well. And I, I feel like that's because it's just so, and same with tarot really, it's like you can shift and change like so much really quickly. <laughs> it's like, let's just yeah. go into the Akashic records and see why we're having this problem right now. And then we can understand it. And then we can kind of like, oh, okay, that's gone suddenly. Um, yeah. So I'd say, you know, as well as tarot, like definitely the past life stuff and um, all the other things that we can get out at the Akashic records too. Would you mind, because um, this is a topic that I don't believe many people talk about. Could you explain exactly what the Akashic records are for people that don't know? Yeah, so basically, I mean, in a nutshell, the Akashic Records are said to be like a library of information that has basically recorded everything that has ever happened on this planet, essentially. Mm. Um, So all of your past lives, but not just your past lives, like every thing that ever happened in those past lives, every thought that you had, every person that you met, every moment of those lives is is recorded in the records. Um, it's kind of debatable about being able to access your future lives. You know, a lot of people talk about time and how does time even work and does time even exist and are we, like, is it is it even is the time even now or are we like you, know, you you've probably had these conversations yes. too right it's it makes like, my head hurt I, I had so many things to say and I was like don't get into it don't get into it <laughs> me too <laughs> um, and I like I kind of see that sometimes when I'm working with um, past lives with people I go into their records and I see this past life and it's like this um, past life that happened maybe in like ancient Egypt but actually it feels like it was your last life. So it's like, well, you went to Egypt and now you're here, but then we see that, you know, oh, but you were also in like World War II, but actually that feels really ancient. There's like a weird kind of thing. That's such an interesting concept because I think about, so past lives is something I've looked at a little bit, but I'm always kind of like, don't tell me, I don't want to know. <laughs> left that life for a reason. Um, well, yeah, yeah. And I've but never considered... That it could be out of order, like chronologically, but then also in order chronologically, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know for sure how it, how it all works, but there's definitely a feeling sometimes of like that we are kind of hopping around a bit more than we might realize, and I think we're not really supposed to be able to understand. I, I think if we were supposed to be able to understand that, we would. I think um, ultimately we just have to, we just have to be here now. <laughs> we just have to say. Okay, at one point I had this experience and um, this is where I'm going. And I feel like we can definitely look at um, like potential future lives. But with the Akashic Records, I am a big believer that we can change things in the records. So if you were to go in and do like a a meditation and kind of get in there and be like, okay, I need to see a future life in which, you know, all of these things, challenges them going through now are finished and I want to see what that looks like. Um, we can tap into that energy, but 
to end up there, like, you know, we have to make certain choices and maybe we don't necessarily even need to live that life. We just need to see it kind of energetically that it's the potential is there for us. I don't know. I could talk about this stuff forever, but it's going to be like, let's. No, that's totally fine. I honestly didn't even think that this um, opportunity was going to come up because I didn't know. I mean, I knew that you um, refer to your readings as soul readings. And so I kind of wanted to ask you about that because that's an interesting title. Um, But I didn't realize that you were doing things like past life and Akashic records. Um, That's really interesting to me. So is this like a regular part of your practice when you meet with clients to talk about past lives and Akashic records or um, is it kind of varying? Yeah, I think it kind of depends on what, um, you know, I always kind of, you're probably the same too. I kind of just set the intention that we'll do whatever we need to do. Mm -hmm. And if we need to go into a past life for some reason, we will go there. And if we don't, then we'll go, we'll go somewhere, we'll go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, with the like Akashic record stuff, it just sort of started happening. I was doing a lot of, um, a lot of readings for people and I was answering like pretty kind of general questions that people come to you with, you know, um, oh, I don't know what to do with my career. Like my relationship isn't going well, like all of those sorts of questions. And, um, you know, for quite a while, I was just doing the basic reading and being like, okay, well, it looks like this and this could be a good choice and here's some potentials. And then I kind of started seeing like, you know, these random things and I would just kind of tell people like, this might sound a little bit weird, but if you're open to it, there's some past life stuff coming through. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, tell me. Um, and then I'd kind of tell them like what I was seeing and so often they would be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, I think that's my my boss in this life or my partner in this life or, um, you know, that's the, like, I feel like I'm repeating that same thing again. Um, so I started to kind of feel like, oh, maybe this, maybe this is useful. <laughs> and then the more that I've been doing readings over the years, the more my readings have sort of merged into this. Um, and that's why I don't really call them tarot readings anymore because sometimes we pull like one card and then we end up going off into like all these different places and downloading stuff from, you know, different planets and there's all sorts of things going <laughs> on. Um, but ultimately it's like, you know, it's, we're still answering the same questions. It's just like, instead of, um, what should I do about my job? It's like, well, let's pull up your records and let's look at your soul contract and let's have a look at your life purpose. That's so funny. You just open like a spiritual filing cabinet. You're like, hold on, let me take a quick look at what you've got going on here. Yeah. Like, let's look at it from that, that sort of perspective instead of just like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, this would be a good choice and this maybe not so much. It's like, well, let's talk about why you're really here. Um, and I think like over the years as well, like the um, the clients I've been working with have um, have changed. I think some mm-hmm. of them have changed, but I also think that there's been a lot of people who, you know, like we're all moving up through these levels together. So at one time, you know, we were doing readings in a certain way and we were all kind of working at this level. And now it's like, well, I just, you know, I don't just want to know what to do with about this job. I really want to know why I'm here <laughs> and what I'm supposed to be doing on this planet and how I can be best of service and, you know, maybe not have to come back, <laughs> maybe not have to come back again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we're all sort of 
we really want to do the work. It feels like a lot of people right now are, you know, we're really ready to really do the work and not just necessarily have your reader say to you, make this choice because this looks like the best choice, mm-hmm. but actually like why, like we want to know more about, you know, why is that the best choice? I love that you push your clients um, in readings to ask those questions because I feel like sometimes someone comes to me uh, with a specific question and I say, I mean, that's a great question, but we're going to talk about this. And the whole time they're kind of waiting for the answer. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say. But like maybe at the end, you'll still answer my question. And maybe I don't. And I say, do you still have questions or like what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. I got a lot of things to think about now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I always get that, um, especially with, like, relationship stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you get the questions, it's like, um, you know, someone will come and they'll, the, like, the cliche question is, like, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Uh, like, I hate that question. <laughs> like, I, I'll talk about it, but I hate that question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't think that's really your question. I feel like the bigger question here is, like, what do you want out of life? Are you happy? How can you be living in alignment with your best and highest good. Mm-hmm. How can like, you be in a situation ask, where this isn't your concern? Exactly. Like, let's ask those questions instead of me just giving you a yes or no, which, I mean, honestly, I, the way I read cards doesn't even really work like that. Yep. Like the, um, I feel like the cards give me the information that that person needs to hear in that moment, which isn't necessarily, not that it's not the truth, but it's like if someone was to see yes, your partner is cheating on you, that could send them down a path that is just, like, not going to be good for for anybody. Um, but I just don't answer questions like that, so I don't have to. So I just avoid that. It's like, let's really look at you. Let's look at your energy. Let's look at what's going on with you. Yeah. That's so funny. You kind of evolved into that space of that cliche mystic that's like, oh, but the world has deeper questions for you. And people call it like speaking in riddles, but really you're like, it's a riddle for a reason. You have things to solve. Let's just hand this to you to think about. I love that you do that. Yeah. All right. um, So I have actually one other quick question about um, your very vocal space in veganism, if you don't mind switching topics for a minute. Because something that I personally struggle with, which is why I want to ask you is I really love the ethical space behind being a vegan. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many people ask me, and I don't know if you used to get this question, how can you be a spiritual person and not be a vegan? I get that question constantly. Mm -hmm. And it always pushes me in the space where for like, you know, two, three weeks I eat vegan. And then like, I fall back into habits because I have this like guilt and pressure of okay, if you're going to be a spiritual leader, you have to eat vegan. So do you think that your um, voice in that space in the vegan world has any connection to your spirituality or would you say that it's totally just ethics based? It's such a good question because I feel like, yes, for me, I feel like my choice to be vegan is connected to my spiritual belief system but what I would say is that it's more than a spiritual belief system it's just a general belief system like what I believe exists and what I believe is right essentially Mm. um but for me like I mean my transition into veganism was slow like it was very slow um I was before I was vegan I was vegetarian for just over a year and then before that, I was pescatarian for a year. And then before that, I 
only ate chicken and fish, but it was like only organic, free range. And, you know, the year before, like everything had been like this. So it was like of, one thing at a time, just yeah, a little. Like, yeah, I just sort of kept getting these, like I just didn't want to eat stuff anymore. Um, and I remember the sort of like maybe a month or so before I went vegan, I made some eggs for myself and I just looked at them. I was like, I don't, don't really want to eat this. Like there's no, um, I just didn't want to put that in my body and it wasn't necessarily you know for a particular reason I just kind of looked at it and was like oh I don't really fancy this <laughs> like I don't really want this um but I think for me like the connection has very much been about like the removing of the veil basically and it's been uh seeing the truth um you know and it's for me it's not just veganism it's so many of the things that are going on in the world right now you know I try to avoid fast fashion now because I have seen the truth like I've seen these documentaries and I've seen with my own eyes like oh my goodness like this is what is happening this is what my purchase is a part of and for me as a what you know whether I'm as a spiritual person or not I find it very difficult to now go back asleep and to be like oh I'm gonna pretend I didn't see that (laughs) (laughs) before like I could do that um and you know one thing that people say a lot and I used to say this all the time too is like well I'm just I'm gonna eat this but I'm not gonna think about it like I'm not gonna think about where this came from um you know because I did that for years um plenty of times I looked at my dinner and I had a moment of like what, like what is this I'm not going to think about it and made actually made the conscious choice to be unconscious about what I was consuming but I think that if we are really going to say I'm on the spiritual path and I'm seeking truth we need to actually seek the truth not just in well I see the truth as um you know God and angels and energy and all of this stuff is truth we also need to see the truth of what's happening around us Mm-hmm. And I think that the best thing we can do is to see the truth, educate ourselves on the issues, and then make our own personal choice that aligns with our own ethics and feelings around that. So as much as, you know, I at sometimes I'm like, everyone should be vegan because it's so cool. <laughs> like there's so many reasons that, um, like I feel so much better being vegan and not just because of my health, but I feel like a weight has been lifted off me. Um, there's like all these things that people don't necessarily talk about, but then I know there's lots of reasons why people can't go vegan as well. So I think that it's about seeing the truth and then making the decision for yourself that best aligns with how you feel about that. That makes sense. And I appreciate your, um, non-push like you're you're not gonna force anybody or make people feel bad about it I've always loved that which is why I felt comfortable asking you because um I just think that your voice is such a it comes from a objective it is what it is here's what I know take it or leave it um and I've always appreciated that about you I know I said last thing but I have one more question that I was thinking about (laughs) while you were talking about it is do you feel like your connection to spirit has changed at all in your diet change. And I ask that again, because, um, I know, for example, like when people cut out things like sugars or alcohol and they're an intuitive reader, they're like, Oh, I feel like a difference. Like I just, it's clearer or I understand a little bit different. And I'm just wondering for you, if you've noticed at all a shift in your like perspective or your ability to hear or see spirit. 
Yeah, I feel like when you, um, for me, it's less physical and it's more about the energy, I think. When you sort of make a decision that you feel really good about, it changes your energy. So it's like seeing somebody on the street who is homeless and struggling and you walk right past them. There's a different energy than when you see that person in your garden and you ask them if they're okay. And when you then, like, you know, whether you've walked past that person or you've stopped to say hi and then you've gone back on your path, it changes something within you. And you know how you feel really good when you do something good? (laughs) Yeah. If you help someone or you... Um, you know, you give some money to charity or you just do the right thing or you help out a friend or you do something that was, you know, no one asked you to help in that situation, but you ran over and you helped. Right. You know, that feeling that you have of just like, oh, I just feel really good. Like, I feel really happy I was able to help that person. I feel really good about myself. Um, That's how I feel every time I eat food. (laughs) That's amazing. Because I like, I think I feel good after I eat, but then I'm kind of like, you know, I have lingering thoughts about certain things that I eat or whatever. And yeah. so well, you know, I get the feeling. Things. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much vegan junk food out there at the moment, too. So sometimes it's not always like <laughs> feel physically good. But for me, there's just this feeling of like I made the right choice in this yeah. moment. And that for me, I feel like that every time I make the right choice, whether it's choosing what I eat or choosing what I wear or what I buy or how I speak to someone. When I make a good choice, I feel like there's something inside me that sort of lights up. It's like a boost of self-confidence. Yeah. There's like this, like, Oh, I really, um, you know, I like who I am in this moment. I like the choices I'm making. I like this. This feels good versus I'm just not going to think about what, I, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done that. I've done that. I know the difference between those. Um, so instead of, um, you know, the answer, the answer to your question is like, is, is really like, yes, I do feel like I'm clearer and I do feel like I'm more connected. I feel like I'm more connected, especially to Gaia and earth energy. Mm. Before. Um, because we're so disconnected from the planet. Yes. That's a whole other show topic. You're tricking me. You're trying to get me to talk about this for another hour. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no, it's good. Like we, um, you know, so much of so many of the problems that we're having on this planet is that we're so disconnected from, you know, where we were when we were, um, you know, like living in a different way when we we're living off the land, living with the land. Um, we're just so disconnected from that now. And so, you know, making choices that can help you kind of get back to that it really does shift your energy and I do feel clearer and I do feel more aligned to my spiritual path and to who I am but I feel like it's not quite as simple as like go vegan and you'll be more psychic right I I certainly didn't mean to say that that will happen no but a lot of people do a lot of people sort of Mm. say that and I also think that if you're just going vegan to be more psychic you should maybe have a think about is that (laughs) here comes mix with the hard-hitting questions again (laughs) Yeah. What do you really want? I see people, I see people kind of doing that. And it's like, well, that's great. Like that's a good kind of first step. But if you're not really understanding why you're making that choice, you're not really understanding the issues or really what's going on. Um, you know, most people who make the decision from that place, they end up kind of, you know, two weeks later, they're like having some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, I just really needed it. <laughs> 
That's so funny. All right. So if you were going to um, leave the listeners with one last piece of what you consider like your spiritual truth, the number one best piece of advice you could possibly give somebody on their spiritual journey, what would it be? I think the, um, the best advice I can give really is to show up, but be kind to yourself at the same time and make sure that you're doing the things that you feel called to do. But if for some reason you don't, don't be mean to yourself, you know, like you were saying with the whole veganism thing, it's like, well, you know, you're making some, some really good choices in in some moments. And then in other moments, you're like, you know, you're making a choice that may be, ah, do I feel really good about this? But like, you you know, like you said, with the guilt thing, whether it's where you're eating, how, you know, I didn't do my spiritual practice today. I could have been kinder in that situation. Um, when we get into guilt and shame and all of those sorts of feelings, I mean, sometimes we have to go into those to feel them and get through out to the mm-hmm. other side. Um, but sometimes we go into those places and it's just, it's not helpful at all. Um, so, you know, show up, try to show up as much as you can, but those times when you can't or you're tired or you've messed up for whatever reason, or you feel like you haven't made the best choice that you could make in that moment, um, you know, remember that you're human and that we're all here having a human experience. And it's really, really hard. <laughs> like, it's really, really hard to be human. Say that again, please. It is. It's really, really hard to be human. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, we are constantly, like, we're just, there's so much stuff going on here. We're being programmed all the time. We're being told five million different things by five million different people all in the same breath. And then we're expected to, you know, show up and be this magical, perfect, mystical being that has all the answers for, like, you know, someone else who needs them. Um, So, yeah, remember that, like, being human is hard. Try to, you know, show up and do the best that you can. But if you have a day where you don't quite make it, it's okay because you're human. Thank you. Try Just try again tomorrow. Yes. Uh, Show up again tomorrow. Try again. I love that. That's perfect. Um, If people want to find you on the internet, if they want to learn more about you, follow you, be your new best friend, where can they find you? (laughs) Um, So the best place to go for like all of my stuff is really my website, which is newagehipster.co, but you can also just Google New Age Hipster and it, um, there's a few other things that come up with New Age Hipster, but mostly I'll be be near the the top. You'll be able to find me there. Um, And I also am pretty active on Instagram. I post on there like um, probably not every day at the moment, but like every second day or so. Um, So I'm always kind of on there doing lots of like rambles on my stories and stuff like that. So um, on Instagram, I'm New Age Hipster 333. Perfect. And I love those rambles. Keep doing more of them. They're the best. (laughs) I will. You can't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for um, agreeing to be on the show. I really appreciated it. I loved getting to know you more and I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Vix Maxwell, the new age hipster. Let me just say one more heartfelt to thank you so much, Vix, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. It really meant the world to me. If you want to stay connected with Vix, make sure that you check out all of her information in the episode notes below, including her Instagram and her blog. When you're done with that, you should also go find and follow me, Michael Anthony, wherever you hang out in the social media world. 
be it Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you can find me at The Diviner Life. If you enjoyed this episode, also be sure to stick around and keep on coming back for more episodes by clicking that subscribe button wherever you're listening in from today. Be sure to leave me a rating and a review. And then if you're listening from thedivinerlife.com, you can actually leave episode-specific comments at the bottom of every episode page. If you really loved what you heard today, take a moment to share Let's Be Omnist with your friends, your family, your mailman, your classmates, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Thank you again for listening. I love you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist.